You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Good morning. It is so good to be with you all here in Big Church. Something that I love about these Sundays is it's our chance to show our children that they are such a valuable part of our church. Don't you guys agree? Give our kids a hand. They are so important in the life of our church. And we want them to know that. So that's one reason why we bring them into Big Church with us. So today we are going to continue into the book of Ephesians. So kids, let me catch you up to date a little bit. So your parents have been coming to big church for the past four weeks or so. And if they've been here, they've been hearing um, from the book of Ephesians. They've been learning from that book of the Bible. So that's a book of the Bible from the New Testament. And the guy that wrote it, his name is Paul, who was a follower of Jesus. And... um, The reason that Paul wrote this letter, it was a letter he wrote to the people at the church in Ephesus. He wrote it so that that these people could grow in their knowledge of God. He wrote it so they could grow together in unity. And he also wrote it because he wanted them to know how to withstand the powers of the evil one, right? So Paul's writing this letter to the church to teach them some things. Today, though, we are going to skip ahead a little bit. Last week, if you were here, you were in Ephesians chapter 2. And today, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 10. And we're going to look at the part of Scripture that talks about putting on the armor of God. Okay? Um, and, And it teaches us how to stand up against the things that Satan might throw at us. So what I want you to do right now, take a minute, grab a Bible out of the seat in front of you. There's some kids' Bibles up here. So if you have a kid in your row, send a Bible down to them, one of our kids' Bibles from downtown. Um, And I want to read with you Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. So take a minute to get there. And while you do, I want to tell you a little bit about this guy named Paul. Okay, you see, Paul, when he wrote this letter to the people in Ephesus, you guys, he was in jail when he wrote this. And he had been there for two years. And here he is writing letters to encourage the churches, right? But if you know a little bit about Paul, you know he's kind of had a little bit of rough life. Like he's been shipwrecked. He's been attacked by a snake. He's been beaten. He's been arrested. Now he's in jail. And the reason he's in jail is because he's been accused of stirring up trouble in the town. And the way he stirred up trouble, I guess, was by talking about Jesus, right? So now he's in jail for two years. And you know, every day for each of those two years, there's been a Roman soldier that's guarding Paul while he's in jail. So I would imagine that Paul's had a lot of time to look at this soldier and think about every piece of armor he has on. And probably he's come to understand what all those pieces of armor can do, right? He's had two years to think about it and look at it. So he is writing this passage about putting on the armor of God. He's comparing the armor a soldier wears to the armor we as Christians need to put on to be able to withstand attacks by Satan. So we're going to read this together, Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10. If you would follow along with me, that would be great. Here's what it says. Finally, let the Lord make you strong. Depend on his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor. Then you can remain strong against the devil's evil plans. Our fight is not against human beings. It is against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers of this dark world 
it is against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly world. So put on all of God's armor. Evil days will come, but you will be able to stand up to anything. And after you have done everything you can, you will still be standing. So remain strong in the faith. Put the belt of truth around your waist. Put the armor of godliness on your chest. Wear on your feet what will prepare you to tell the good news of peace. Also, pick up the shield of faith. With it, you can put out all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Put on the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the Holy Spirit. The sword is God's word. At all times, pray by the power of the Spirit. Pray all kinds of prayers. Be watchful so that you can pray. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Would you bow and pray with me for a minute this morning? Father God, I pray right now that you would just um, open our hearts and our minds to what you would have to say to us this morning. God, we invite you right now to be with us. Just help us to listen and to learn this morning. In your name we pray, amen. So like I said before, Paul's been in jail for two years. And it does seem to me he's had a long time to look at this Roman soldier, right? To figure out what that armor does and what that looks like in the life of a Christian. And he decided he wanted to share it with the people in Ephesus. So he wrote about armor. But I want you guys to think, why armor? Why is it necessary? Well, think about a soldier, right? A soldier needs his helmet and his shield and his spear or sword to be able to fight a battle. I wouldn't want to go out without it. A football player, if he's going to go play a game, what does he need? He needs a mouth guard. He needs his pads. He needs his helmet. He needs the proper footwear, right? If I were a football player, I wouldn't want to run onto the field without the proper equipment on her. You might get hurt pretty bad. Now, all of those pieces, you guys, of armor and things a football player wears are things you can see and you can touch them, right? But the armor of God that Paul is talking about here, they aren't necessarily things we can see and touch. They're things that in our mind, we're picking them up to put them on every day. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about each piece of armor and what it does as a Christian to protect us each day. So I have invited Thomas Mitchell to come out and join me. Thomas, if you would come on out, give Thomas a hand for doing this for us today. Thomas is gonna wear our pieces of armor and Miss Amy's gonna help us out too. So thanks, Miss Amy. So in the scripture, the first piece of armor, first and foremost, is the belt of truth. So we're gonna put this belt of truth around Thomas's waist. Now, a belt kind of holds everything up and holds it all together, right? I mean, Thomas, think about this. If you're out, you play soccer, right? So if you're out playing soccer and you go to run and your pants are a little bit big and you have no belt on, what's gonna happen? I'm probably gonna trip and fall and see my underwear. <laughs> trip and fall and see his underwear, probably so. You're right. And for goodness sake, we don't want that to happen, right? No. So you want the belt of truth buckled tight around your waist, right? Because you guys, without the belt of truth, our minds can begin to stumble. Just like if our pants fall down, we're gonna stumble, right? Without that belt of truth, our minds are gonna stumble and it becomes difficult to live our lives the way that God intends for us to live. The belt of truth is kind of what holds our minds together and keeps us from the believing the lies that the world might tell us. Lies like, you aren't good enough and you aren't really loved. When you know the truth, you know you are created in the image of God and you know that God loves you unconditionally. You need to put that belt of truth on. The next piece of armor it talks about is the breastplate of righteousness. 
Now, if you're ever in a battle, it's likely that you're gonna probably get some cuts and bruises and scratches on your arms and your legs. And that's not really gonna keep you from fighting, right, or playing in the game. But very few soldiers could survive a wound to the heart, right? That's why the breastplate is so important. It protects the heart. And the breastplate of righteousness protects our heart for God. You guys, being righteous, it's called the breastplate of righteousness. Being righteous means living right with God. It means trying to do your best to live the way that God intends for us to live, the way that his word tells us to live. It's living a life of humility and honesty and kindness and goodness and trying our best to follow God's word. It's to keep our hearts, our spiritual hearts, pure and free from sin. So we need to put on that breastplate of righteousness. So we have the belt of truth around our waist. We have the breastplate of righteousness for our heart. We also have the gospel shoes of peace. Hmm. So if you're in a battle or you're in a game playing, you need to be sure that you have the proper footwear on. I mean, okay, Thomas, think about this with me while she's putting those on you. If you're playing soccer and you have flip-flops on, what's probably gonna happen? You're gonna trip and fall and bruise your foot. Yeah, you're not gonna get very far, are you? And you're gonna trip, you're gonna fall, hurt your foot. You guys, we need to put on these gospel shoes of peace so that we are ready to take the gospel wherever we go. We don't wanna just be stuck in one place. We wanna be able to go and be equipped to share the gospel of the good news of Jesus with everybody, no matter where we're at, right? So we're gonna put these gospel shoes of peace on so we are ready to take God's word wherever we go. Now, did y'all know that the Bible talks about having beautiful feet? Now, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but when I think of feet, I don't think of them as being beautiful. I think of them as being a little smelly. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. But in Isaiah 52, seven, here's what it says. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation and who say to Zion, your God reigns. You guys, I don't know about you, but I wanna have beautiful feet. I wanna have feet that carries the good news of the gospel everywhere that I go, right? So we've got our belt of truth, our breastplate of righteousness. We've got our gospel shoes of peace on. Our fourth piece is the shield of faith. Now this is a piece of armor that you kind of hold in your hand or on your arm and you can move it around to protect those weak spots in the armor, right? Or protect what's not covered. You guys, Satan knows our weaknesses, right? And our struggles. And that's where he tends to like to hit us, right? It's right in those weak spots. He knows what we're afraid of. He knows what we're worried about. And he uses that against us. So, um, Thomas, we're going to fire some darts of Satan at you, okay? So, Thomas, we're going to pretend that you are really afraid of being alone. And Satan says to you, hey, Thomas, you are all alone and no one cares about you. And Satan fires his dart right at you. Not true. God promises to always be with me and I am not alone. That's right. He, that's right. That's right. You fought back. You guys, when Satan fires those arrows at us, we need to have our shield of faith, not to doubt, but to know he's with us, right? Okay, Thomas, one more. We're going to pretend like you struggle with um, fear of failure. And Thomas, you have a couple of tests coming up. And Satan looks at you and says, hey, Thomas, you're not going to do good. Aren't you afraid? Aren't you afraid you're gonna do really bad? And he fires that dart at you. Not true. God says, I don't have to be afraid. I can do my best. That's right. You don't have to be afraid. That's what God tells you, right? And with your shield of faith, you have just 
to fend it off those darts and those arrows that Satan can throw at us. You guys, isn't it true? Doesn't Satan try to get at you where you're weakest, right? And where you're struggling? But you guys, with that shield of faith, you can have faith that God is with you to help you through those struggles. All right, we got a shield of faith here. Now next is our helmet of salvation. Now Thomas's helmet, I don't know how well it will stay on you, but we're gonna give it a shot here, okay? So this helmet of salvation, you guys, if you think about it, just as important as protecting your heart in battle is protecting your head in battle, right? So this is called the helmet of salvation. When you guys receive salvation, you know that you're a part of God's family, right? And you know that your sins are forgiven because you've received Christ into your heart. You now have that salvation. You have that knowledge that you're part of the family of God. Hmm. Think of it like this. Usually when you wear a helmet, a lot of them cover your ears, yeah. right? And sound is kind of muffled when you have that helmet on over your ears. Well, if you have the helmet on sal of salvation on, it helps you stay focused on what Jesus did for us on the cross. And the enemy's lies can end up sounding like muffled nonsense, completely drowned out by the voice of Jesus telling us that we are his and we belong to God's family. We don't have to listen to those voices of nonsense, right? Because we know we belong in the family of God. The last piece of armor that we're gonna get out today is the sword of the spirit. Now this is God's word, you guys. Now think about this, all these other pieces of armor we use to protect, right? But this sword, it's used to fight back. You guys, knowing God's word, which is the sword of the spirit, knowing God's word can protect you and help you attack Satan. Satan knows that God's word is true. And when Satan hears God's word come from your mouth, he doesn't like it. Using the truth of the Bible of scripture makes Satan back down. You guys, having God's word in our hearts, knowing it in our heads, and then being ready to speak it from our lips is a way that we can send Satan running far, far from us. Last week in downtown, we were in the book of Luke and we talked about how after Jesus was baptized, he went into the desert for 40 days to spend time with God. And while he was there at the end of his time, Satan came to him and tempted him three times. And every time Satan came at Jesus, Satan knew God's word and he was able to say a scripture back to Satan to fight back at him. And you know what happened eventually? Satan ended up just leaving him alone, went away. He thought, I'll have to try again another day, right? But you guys, I wanna tell you something. The word of God wasn't just for Jesus to use. The word of God is for us to use too. Did you know that? So last week in downtown, what I told the kids is this. The Bible isn't something that you just pick up on Sundays and bring to church with you and take it home and lay it on a shelf and leave it there all week long. The Bible is something that you should pick up every single day and be in it. Let it soak into your heart, into your mind so you can use it when the enemy attacks to send Satan running from you. We need to have our Bibles in our hands, get it into our heads so we can speak it. All right, you guys, a soldier needs a helmet and a shield and a sword. A football player needs a helmet, a mouth guard, pads, the right shoes, right? You guys, we as Christians, we need to put on the armor of God. We need that belt of truth, that breastplate of righteousness. We need to have the gospel shoes of peace on. We need to have our shield of faith ready, our helmet of salvation and our sword of the spirit. We need to, as Christians, that's the armor we need to put on.
Talk about identity in Christ, you guys. If you have on all that armor of God and you know you're a child of God, wow. So here's my challenge to you. Every morning after you put on your shirt and pants, pick up that armor of God in your mind. Put it on. Tell yourself, okay, God, now I'm putting on my belt of truth. I'm putting on my breastplate of righteousness. Parents, talk your kids through that, right? To prepare them for what they're going to face at school that day. You guys, if we have the armor of God on, we're ready to fight the battle. And in the end, we can stand and stand firm in what we know is true and in the strength that only God can give us. Equipping yourself with a spiritual armor helps you be ready to face whatever comes at you that day. Just a reminder, Ephesians 6 verse 13 says this, so put on all of God's armor. Evil days will come but you will be able to stand up to anything. And after you've done everything you can, you will still be standing. Isn't that cool? Give Thomas a hand. Thank you, Thomas, for helping us today. Pastor Pastor Chip's gonna come on up and join us. Some of you are starting to have a cold sweat, aren't you? Every time they say, or every time they show that video, that guy gets up there and talks for 40 minutes. You guys like, what did I sign up for today? Two sermons, and especially the second guy. They've asked me just to sew up this thought for all of us today. Uh, Wasn't that an incredible presentation? Again, we we are blessed, and I'm so grateful, especially with having kids in our children's ministry, to have Pam every week pouring into them. You know, this week I saw a, uh, a video that I keep thinking about every day. Um, I'm pretty sure it's one that I won't forget. It was a little clip, clip of about a six-month-old, a uh, little, not a toddler, just still even a baby sitting on, looks like dad's lap or someone's lap. And the thing about this video is it, it told you in the caption that this, this little boy was, was born without hearing. He was deaf. But through the, the marvel of medical science, they were able to develop some, some hearing aids, and um, they've put them in his ear, and he's facing his mommy, and they have this video clip of, uh, they turn it on, and for the first time, he hears mommy's voice. It's just like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't forget like the eyes, the recognition, his, his face kind of breaks into a smile, then he wants to cry. It's like everything all at once. Like he had been living for his first six months and he wasn't even aware. I mean, he could see and he could taste and he could touch, but he couldn't hear. And the minute he was able to hear, like it just opened up a whole nother part of, of life. I've thought about that video and I've thought about what we were going to share today, uh, this just appropriate theme, especially with kids, the armor of God. And I've wondered if a lot of us navigate through life often and we're kind of like that baby. We can do certain things. We understand certain things about life, but we totally don't hear the reality that there is much more going on 
in our lives and in the world around us than just what we taste and touch and see and hear. That part of being human, made in the image of God, is to be have given a eternal soul, to have a part of who we are that is way beyond physical, it's, actually, it's spiritual in nature. We are spirits that have bodies, not bodies that have spirits. We are spirit. I'll be honest with you. Can I, can I confess to you this morning? Some of you might not like this because the old school told us not to confess our faults in front of you, and I guess I missed that class. But I, if, you were to, if you were to know me a little bit, I, I'm honestly, I identify most of all the apostles with the apostle Thomas. Like, I get the story of Thomas. Like, I'm just wired naturally as kind of skeptical. Like, I totally get the story of Thomas when he's like, listen, I'm not going to believe unless I see. Unless I see his hands and see his feet, I'm out. I get that. I'm just wired that way. And, and so even having grown up around the church, I'm going to be honest, um, this discussion on spiritual warfare, the idea that there's a spiritual world that's going on and existing, I, I'm going to be honest, I probably uh, have had a struggle at times totally believing it. I guess I did believe it, but I kind of just wasn't a, a way I, the, it wasn't the way I looked at my life often. Honestly, though, as being around people now for 43 years, I think that there's a lot of people that are like this, that we're so captured by what we taste, what we see, what we hear, what we, right, just in this physical world, that it's easy to lose sight of the fact that there's something going on. Uh, you know, and to be honest, as a Thomas kind of person, uh, I've, I feel like some of my life has been seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. I think that's the mantra of our world. Show me, prove it. Seeing is believing. When actually the scriptures are inviting us to a level of faith and trust in God's word where we actually reverse that mantra to believing creates seeing. We walk by and not by. And as the Lord has changed my heart and life since I've begun to walk with him, as I have begun to believe in his word, the truth of his word, what it proclaims, he has opened my heart. It's like the hearing aid came on and I'm seeing, experiencing that I am a part of a spiritual world and that every day my soul is being competed for and your soul is being competed for that we live in, as Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, what I've also been able to see is, I do think there is a sense where, and this is hopeful for me, that 
Humanity always has understood that there's something bigger going on. Look at every culture and civilization and age. They always have gods. They always have things that are bigger than themselves, that they're praying to, that they're believing in. We're walking through Ephesians where that was everywhere. I mean, you had little things to, to chase away evil spirits or bad things. So I think in, naturally, as created in the image of God, we do find it easy to to. To, most of us find it easy to grab a hold of there's something bigger going on that we don't see, right? I, I mean, think about even in our culture, 21st century America. I mean, we gravitate toward, we fill movie theaters, uh, uh, watching films that are not real life, right? I'm sorry, uh, all you Marvel fans. It's cool stuff, but it's not real. Hey, yeah waiting for a kid to come up and punch me after service. Right, we grab a hold. We want to entertain. We have the capacity to see that we just wish world. Well, guess what? There is a world. And the scriptures remind us of this. But I'll tell you the thing that has really captured this for me and that causes me to wake up and throughout my day to think about this is I'm all in on Jesus. Everybody all in on Jesus in here? I want his life. I want what he's offering. I, I believe in who he was. I, I'm, I, we are Christians. We are Jesus followers. And we believe that he is the, he's the source of truth. He is truth. He's everything. And guess what Jesus believed, experienced, and lived through? Spiritual warfare. Like Jesus believed in this thing. And if Jesus is all in on this, I'm all in on Jesus. I should be all in on the reality that something is going on every day where I am an enemy of my soul who the scriptures tell us is trying to rob, steal, and destroy in my life. He wants to rob any kind of trust or belief in the goodness and the sufficiency of God. He wants to steal the good graces that God wants to extend in our lives of peace and joy and love. He wants to steal it. Ultimately, he wants to destroy our sense of faith and trust or our ability to see who God is and what he's done in Jesus Christ. He wants to destroy us. And Jesus is all in on this. And if Jesus is all in on this, I should be too. And my hope is today that you and I would, if we're people that are walking around losing one of our, we don't have one of our senses, it's not operating. We're not seeing spiritually that there's a spiritual thing going around. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, a lot of us maybe think that, well, if I don't acknowledge it or, or I don't really give time to it, I don't believe in it completely, then I get to avoid it. Guess what? None of us get to avoid it. It is what we live in. Our soul is competed for. God reaching out in his grace to us, extending his mercy and love, asking and inviting us into a relationship with him where our soul is in him, in relationship with him. And the enemy of our soul, who from the beginning has always sought to take God's creation, us, and destroy us as a way to get back at God. All of us are in this, whether we want to be or not, whether we acknowledge it or not. I mean, wouldn't you say they would be foolish if I'm in a battle to just think, you know what, I'm just not going to really think about it. I'm just going to walk out without any kind of armor on. Be crazy. Like, you are going to get hurt. 
And it's happening all around us all the time, all the time without this armor of God. At the same time, if today I just want to remind you, you're in spiritual warfare to be aware. I want to remind you that as Paul tells us, as the scriptures over and over remind us that even though we're in this warfare, be aware, you can be confident. I love the words of scripture, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Paul says, if you will allow him to suit you up, evil days will come, but you will still be standing. It's why Jesus, when he invites us to pray and teaches us how to pray, he gives us this invitation to pray repeatedly and consistently. Uh, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He doesn't invite you to pray that and trust in that unless he is promising to you that even though you're in this, you need to be aware of it, you can You can be confident in the victory that Jesus Christ gives you. And so I think the purpose of today, as Pam has beautifully laid it out, Thomas helped us understand that we can can have, we can have confidence and victory. I just want to remind you, be aware, be aware. As I've trusted in the Lord, as he's opened my heart and mind, as his word has started to live in me and through me, as I have believed, I have begun to see that so many times in my own life, the enemy of my soul has sought to lie to me, to trip me up, to sow things into my heart and mind of of distrust, of, of a, a, a blindness to the goodness of God, to a, uh, a deception about things that aren't really good for me, but he's trying, right? You get where I'm going with this. And I just want you to be aware. Be aware. Be aware. And be confident. Be aware, but be confident. You have been equipped and enabled to win. I'm going to ask Pam to come up and and pray over us as we finish. And um, her heart and my heart are the same today. We just want you to, to know what's going on and to be confident in what God has for you. And so Pam, would you just pray as we finish service? Yep. Let's pray. God, I just thank you that we can be confident knowing that you are ever with us. God, thank you for giving us the tools that we know that we can use to be equipped to face whatever might come our way. So God, I pray this week that all of us would be mindful of putting on your armor as we go out the door. Thank you that you promised to walk with us. In your name we pray, amen. On your way out, you guys, there are coloring sheets on tables back there that kids, I want you to be sure to grab one, take home. Parents, it gives you a tool to use to talk with your kids about what we talked about today. But you guys have a great week. Be blessed and we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.